This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags.
with Jesus being the chief cornerstone, out of Ephesians 2 and 20. Next are listed evangelists, then the pastors and teachers. The ability to cast out demons is not listed as a spiritual gift or a ministerial duty. The gospel and acts relate that Jesus and the disciples cast out demons and the teaching portions of the New Testament, which refers Romans through Jude in the New Testament, refer to demonic activity yet do not discuss the method of casting them out, nor are believers exhorted to do so. We are told to put on the whole armor of God to stand against spiritual wickedness from Ephesians six ten through 18, and we are told to resist the devil, James 4 and 7, and not give him room in our lives. However, we are told how to cast him or his, we are not told how to cast him or his demons out of others or that we should even consider doing so. It is interesting that we have no record of Jesus' instructions to his disciples on how to cast out demons with the possible exceptions of Matthew. That is what I've come up with tonight on refusing to dilute the doctrine. It does talk about deliverance and the ministries and things of that nature. Um, so Dr. Moore will give you more in definite detail. He will dive into the subject more. Now, we are so grateful because it's the first Thursday of the new year, and it's our first Thursday of 2019, so we hope that you stay with us all year long, and we pray that you have a very blessed and successful ministry. One other small announcement. Um, the I believe it's the third Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of the month of January. We're going to be in our national corporate prayer conference led on by our new minister, Minister Lorna Denise Harper. She will be putting on the conference. So as I get the dates on Sunday, I will confirm them, and I will give you the official dates. But this is our seventh annual national prayer conference. This is where we will come together. It is like a revival. We will be praying. We'll have our 21-day Daniel fast. So as I get the exciting news this Sunday, I will be listening here on the air. You guys can come on now when we have our National Prayer Conference, because we want you to celebrate our 7th Annual Prayer Conference. So come on out and be blessed. It'll be at the end of January. Listen here for more details. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour, the incomparable Dr. Bishop Moore. God bless everybody. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. And a highly God bless you for... Being able, amen, is to come into a new year, a new beginning for many of us, amen, can start this year. We thank the Lord tonight, amen, for our announcement bringing on, praise the Lord, the subject of our, amen, of our program tonight, did a very extensive job on doing so. All we are just so happy, amen, to be in the land of the living 2019, because unfortunately, everybody didn't cross over. But thank God for his mercy and his goodness. He allowed us, amen, to cross over to be on the other side one more time. And again, we are so grateful, amen, as my announcer already has spent that time, praise the Lord, all of those that are supporting us. We give glory and praise to Jesus Christ. Continue to to support us, amen, as we endeavor is to preach nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Tonight, amen, uh, we are going to uh, pick up, I mean, look at, amen, refusing to 
dilute the doctrine. We going we refuse to dilute the doctrine of Jesus Christ. No matter what it's going to cost us, Amen. We are not going to give in. And we're getting this Amen from Jude the third chapter, uh, uh, verse three through four. He said, "Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you." And exalt you that you shall honestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men creeping in unaware who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God unto lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. First Timothy four one through two says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seduce it, spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lying in hypocrisy, having their Conscious seal with the hot iron. Second Timothy three one through seven. Knowing this, know also that in the last days perilous time will come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covenants. Boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontented, furious, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than the lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof for such turn away. For this sort are they which creepeth into the houses and lead captive silly women led with sin, led away with divers lusts. They are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I read these verses in your hearing tonight, refusing to dilute the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Every believer in this generation began an amen in 2019. We must take a stand. We must refuse to dilute the doctrine of Jesus. When we can see the world is going to our end of selfishness, we must take a stand. Jude, beloved brother, very short chapter, but very powerful. He was letting us know that
We must take a universal position. A class in it as holiness. Reading a revelation. A belief that the Holy Spirit will essentially for the bride. Children, let us take a stand in 2019 because I'm afraid that we are going to face something that we may not have ever faced before, as Jude says. It was a common salvation at first. But things began to change, and things are constantly changing in our lives as we live living upon this earth. The departing of some individuals from the apostles' doctrine was anticipated before the completeness of the New Testament. For example, Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, now the Spirit speaketh expressly. That is a lot of times some shall depart from the faith. They're going to leave the truth. This is what this is speaking about. Amen. In the latter days, there are going to be many that going to leave the truth. And God knows I have experienced that over 50 years. Amen. Many have left the faith and gone on into some other doctrine, some other foolishness. But we are not going to dilute it tonight. We are not going to change it because some done left the faith. We're going to hold on to what Jesus has commanded us to do. They have departed from the faith, giving heed to seduction and spirits and doctrines of devil. They listen to the devils now. They're not listening to the Lord, but they're listening to the spirits of Satan. Yes, Satan can transform himself into an angel of a light. Many of your ministers that's in the podium on Sunday morning, they may look like an angel of a light. But Jesus and him believe they are raving wolves. Let us not change the doctrine of Jesus Christ. The dangers of search. A departing can be seen in Paul's conclusion, conclusion words in the same chapter. Paul says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Look at yourself. Are you really following Jesus like Jesus told you? Or are you going along with everything everybody else is going along with? Take heed to yourself. What is it? If some don't believe, should you go along with that? Take ye unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that believest, or them that hears you. If you obey the word of God, you have a man to save yourself and those that hear you. Even we got Satan out on the rap page saying it's not supposed to be like this. Keep the word of God before you as your guide and study to show thyself being approved, being a workman, neither not ashamed to rightly divide the word of truth.
1 Timothy 4 and 16, it says, by implication, to depart from the faith, from, amen, from true doctrine, endanger one's salvation and the uh, salvation of those who follow the erroneous teaching. Oh, when you de- depart from the faith, you are endangering your salvation and from those that are listening to you. I don't think anything do that for the Heidler kind of spirit. A real shepherd wouldn't do that. But so as we're living in 2019, this is what we are facing. Pray, pray. Get on your knees. Go before the Lord. Amen. Pray for the faith that was once. Oh, that sincerely mind, that mind that only uh, uh, Jesus could use. Amen. Pray for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. We have lost a lot of that faith in our day and time that was once delivered unto the saints. Even we quote the scripture, we walk by faith and not by sight. But where is the faith then? Paul specified it. He wanted to do with the prohibited of marriage. The enforcement of dietary code and the embracement of performing the old white favor, First Timothy 4, 3, and 7. These concerns may at first seem far removed from the early 20th century of Pentecostal, but on but one challenge to the Bible lifestyle during the early with the social purity doctrine and the idea that married couples should abstain from sexual relationship. This was done in the early days. Some Pentecostals also prohibit that eating of pork along with other dietary restrictions like Refraining from coffee or soft drinks, but to force on these extra discipline were to be distracted from the essential of the Christian life. Some people added to what they thought salvation was on marriage. But Apostle Paul, amen, confronted them. By giving us this. To the church in Rome, Paul wrote, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Don't 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 take it literally, amen. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But it's righteousness and it is peace and it's joy. Over in the Holy Ghost. That is what the kingdom of God is. It's not meat and drink. It's not it's not the ritual. It's not amen. What they used to do, amen, and say what amen, what you couldn't eat, amen. God made everything. But Paul was letting them know the very essential thing to us today is the kingdom of God. He let them know, Amen, that's not meat and drink. 
Amen. But it is righteousness. It is joy over in the Holy Ghost. How many of you believers tonight, amen, have the righteousness and joy over in the Holy Ghost? God bless you. Although this is amen, <coughs> although this is amen, the, the contents of a discovery about how those who are strong in faith should relate to those who are weak in faith. Now we that amen, that is strong in faith, amen, we we should not just put those aside that is weak in faith. But amen, we must pray for them and teach them further in the, in the word of God, amen, that they may be strengthened in their faith. If your brother, amen, and you've done something before your brother and it offends your brother, don't do it. It doesn't mean, amen, that you are wrong because, amen, you didn't do it. You know your brother weak and you don't want to do anything to hurt your brother. So, amen, you just didn't do it. That's how you strengthen your weak brother. Paul's point is that the essence important to the kingdom of God are not a dietary concern. It's not about a man eating. But the matter relates to the Holy Ghost. Paul talking about the Holy Ghost. Our translation reads, uh, renders uh, the verse that, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink. Amen. It's not a matter of what we eat or drink. Not the kingdom of God. But of a living and a life of godliness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the kingdom of God is about. By the life that you live, the life that you produce, a righteous life, a holy life, a sanctified life. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. This may bring us more directly to the concern we have in our lesson. At its core, the apostle life is the spirit-filled life. The apostle's life was a spirit-filled life. If we are Christian, we ought to have a spirit-filled life. Amen. Our life ought to be full of a spirit. A spirit-filled life, a spirit-led life. We ought to be led by the Spirit of the Lord. We ought to be full of the Holy Ghost. Some of us that received the Holy Ghost years ago, And never has been refilled anymore. We know that if we run an automobile and we, amen, it burns gas, it's going to only run for so long and we got to go back and get a refillment. Well, if you're a man of God, a woman of God, you're going to also have to go back and get a refillment from your source, that is Jesus Christ. 
be full of the Holy Ghost. Now you want the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is to be alive in you with power, with anointing, and with the glory of God. You've got to be a dedicated soldier to Jesus Christ. But Satan don't want us to believe that in this 19th and 20th century that we're living in. He wants to think, uh, make us think that we are much more smarter than that. We don't, we don't need all of this. But let every man be alive, but let God be the truth. A cultural of five Bible teachers was embraced by the Pentecostal of the early 20th century, which came to be known as the class, classic Pentecostal. For the doctrine characterized holiness, perfection, at the last 19th century, justification, sanctification, healing, and the second came, the second coming of Christ. All, although difference of opinion developed over the relationship between the justification and sanctification, followed William Durham, Fisher work, work teaches as discussed in the lesson. The Pentecostals still emphasize the doctrine. The perfection of the 19th century also spoke about baptism with the Holy Spirit. But tend to identify this with sanctification and did not connect it with speaking with tongues. To these four doctrines, the Pentecostal added a fifth. Baptizing with the Holy Spirit with the initial sign and evidence of speaking in tongues. Let us not dilute the doctrine of Jesus Christ. This is what Jude is trying to tell us. Amen. Let's let's go back. And let us pray for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Turning and reading the book of Revelation and a belief that in order to be the bride of Christ, one must experience the baptism with the Holy Spirit, with the signs of speaking with tongues. It is very amen evidence today, amen. The Lord has told us and on the day of Pentecost, after that we receive the Holy Ghost, we shall receive power. Amen. And what was the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost was the evidence of speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God give us utterance. Now, amen, we're going to get so modern with that. We're going to tie this up with amen. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we confess with our mouth and believe that God has risen him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. We got it all. We got everything. We don't need nothing else. This is the terminology that amen is ceasing in down the 20th century of today, but that is not the word of God. That is not the word of God. Yes, the Lord wants us to amen 
to be sanctified. Praise the Lord. Amen. And he want to say amen is to hold on to the Pentecost doctrine. Amen. A future reading of Revelation, amen, the most common interpretation of the book of Revelation may be grouped into four categories. In no particular order, one of the four is known as the historical view, the idea that Revelation presents the history of the Christian church from the beginning to the end. Those who hold this view tend to see his history of the church presented in a series of pablum virgin. Another of the four is to preview, which holds that all of the prophecy of the book of Revelation was fulfilled in A.D. 70. A third view is a spiritually ideal view according to this perspective. Revelation is a picture of the struggling of believers at any point in time. Fourthly, the view and the one holds by classic Pentecostal is the future view, the idea that begins in Revelation 4 and 1. The book is about future events that has not yet been fulfilled. An ideal that can promise the focus on the second coming of Christ is a turning, not only from the focus of the early 20th century Pentecostal, but also from that other first century church. The believers that the Holy Spirit was essential, the bride of Christ. As we saw in lesson, it was vital believed among the pioneer of the Pentecostal of the few first few decades of the 20th century that in order to be the bride of Christ, one must be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This was common among the Trendell Pentecostals of the era, era, uh, uh, the era as well as the Oneness Pentecostals. The Oneness Pentecostals also believed that it was essential to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ to be the bride of Christ. This point is illustrated by the following paragraph taken from the Constitution bylaws of one of the brides, uh, the Bible College, endorsed it by the Division of Education of the United Pentecostal Church internationally in order to obtain endorsement for college must cure reconcern recommendation of the district board of directors wherein the college is 
located. All of this is pointing out, amen, people had their own personal theory. But we must not dilute from the word of God. New birth, that to be born again can be the bride of Christ. One must be born of the water and of the which consists name and baptism of the Holy Spirit were the evidence of speaking in other tongues according to John 3 and 5 and Acts 2 and 38. This statement represented the believers widely held among wonderness. Pentecostal is demonstrated by the fact that it was approved by the board, by the director, uh, direction board where the school was located by the Division of Education by the Joan Board of the UPCI, composed of the district superintendent, Joan superintendent, and others. The wonder Pentecostal equated the bride of Christ with the church. While the Tradell tend to view the bride as a special group taken out of the church. Again, an idea that is not essential to be baptized with the Holy Spirit as well as to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, amen, according to the word of God, amen, it tells us, amen, we must repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of the forgiveness of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, we don't want to dilute, amen, the doctrine. We don't want to change the word of God. Let our words be yea, yea, and nay, nay. No matter, amen, who have tried to set up different orders, amen, the Bible was written by the inspiration of the power of God, holy men of God, and God have never made a mistake. The turning in the other direction, in the various ways, some 21st century Pentecostals has rehearsed their identity in such a way that they no longer stand in complete solidarity with the forbearing. Serving influence has contributed to this transition. Some changing, some Pentecostal amen, people that you believe once had the real truth, standing on the truth, they are changing. We can see it every day. Many refer to amen in our time now, this modern Pentecostal. If though God has changed his law, I know we don't do everything they've done back there, amen, in the, in the first century, amen, but God's law is the same. His word is the same, and his word will stay the same. 
If he told them to be holy back there, amen, he's telling us to be holy. If he's telling them they can't live in sin, he's telling you and I, we can't live in sin. <coughs> Desire to be acceptable. My other evangelist. In the early 1940s, due to a concern about cultural decline, some Tritarian Pentecostal uh, denomination identified formal with the Virgin for American religious and cultural agricultures by a consolidated group. For the fundamentalists who call themselves new evangelists, we gonna amen. We gonna get the same set. We gonna make a new, new, a, a new way. But I want you to stick with amen. What Jude is saying. Let us pray for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Don't let nobody change your mind. No matter what denomination they are. No matter whether the amen by letter or by a vision. You stand on the word of God. We're going down, amen, to the charismatic movement. In November 1959, Dana Berman and Epistle Pastor were baptized with the Holy Spirit with the signs of speaking in tongues. He announced, he announced this to his congregation. Uh, in April the 3rd, about 1960. This was such an undevelopment that both Newsweek and Time magazine, magazine it printed a story about the event. This is commonly seen as giving birth to the new charismatic movement, characterized by numerous a mainline denomination experiencing baptism with the Holy Ghost. But and large, however, those who were involved in this charismatic movement did not respond to this experience in the same way as did the Pentecostal of a half central earlier. Although there was a general increase in expectation and loneliness for the return of Christ, a charismatic committed, committed belief of early Pentecost that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was a sign of the nearness of the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, amen, Jesus let us know, amen, there were many, amen, believed that he was coming. But he had also told them, amen, no man knows the hour or the minute when the Son of Man shall come. There was once in the book of Acts, amen, where they sold their possession and they all had one mind and one accord because they were looking for Jesus and they found out that Jesus didn't come when they were looking for him. And they found out they had to go back, amen, to work and start all over again. 
amen, many believe, amen, and that day and time, amen, that after the Spirit of God had failed, Jesus was going to soon come. But the second coming of Jesus, Jesus was not seen, nor was there any noticeable turn to the idea that baptism with the Holy Spirit was essential for including the bride of Christ. Neither was there any significant turn to comfort with the New Testament patriarchs of the baptism believers in the name of Jesus Christ. Although some of these charismatic movements did not oppose this practice, it is probably due to the neglection to return to the baptism practice of the first century Christians that there was also no substantial increase of clarity concerning the significance of Jesus identifying as God manifested in human flesh a human existence. Let us pray tonight, amen, for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints, a common salvation, a salvation, amen, where all men, amen, believe alike. I, I wish, amen, we could get that spirit today, but amen, the spirit of Satan has come in and invaded in the prayer life of many. And causing many of us, amen, is not to believe the word of God as it is supposed to be believed. There is a way that seems righteous unto man, but the end thereof is death. It looks good. It acts like it's working. I come to find out it's not working. The Bible goes on and tells us they have a form of this thing. <laughs> They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. The term third ways to describe a movement of the Holy Spirit. Subsequently, to the second wave, the charism the charismatic movement was amen coming by. The order of the third wave, amen, which is usually dated around 1981, is connected with John Wilburn, Vineyard, Christian Fellowship. Amen. Uh, speaking with other tongues, view it as one of the ninth spiritual gift described by Paul. It does not wish to be identified with the Pentecostal or the Carol Medicine movement. Some of these distinguished distinguish includes the belief that people are baptized with the Holy Spirit when they are converted without the initial physical evidence a validation of a certain spirit experience. There is an attempt to avoid diversity as among any cults, and the term charismatic, the spirit field, are rejecting. There is no identification with the early 20th century 
Pentecost people. Beloved, we are just living in the last day. And I want to say, man, Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe us. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall cast out devils. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. No matter, amen, what name come up, amen, what movement may go around, we must take the word of God, amen, as it is written, and take it, amen, for ourselves. God is looking for some holy people in 2019, and he let us know, amen, holiness without no man shall see the Lord. So, beloved, amen, in these posts, Now to see it, praise the Lord, we see, amen, that he concluded they were predominant of the low-class status and that accommodated of the church, a middle-class culture was friendship with the world and the enemy with God. This was the materially. Although, amen, this conclusion may be a trendicate, oversimplified explanation, it should be no surprise that most of those who hunger for the Spirit relatively described in the biblical text are those who has discovered that this present world does not satisfy a person's greatest need. And God knows that that's the truth. Amen. This world that we're living in now, no matter what we have, it don't satisfy a man's greatest need. Only the Holy Spirit, amen, can satisfy a man and woman's greatest need. And in 19, 2019, let us, amen, stand together. Jesus said, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what would he have in exchange for it? We know, amen, men is hungry today. Men is starving today. But what are they starving for? They're really starving to receive the full knowledge of Jesus Christ. Not the materialistic things of this world, but they're looking for that spiritually thing that can support their soul. That is the Holy Ghost. And Jesus letting us know, amen, it is, it, for the promise is given unto you. And to those that are far off, No matter, amen, that thing Jesus said in order, amen, that we all can receive this promise of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. America, it could be said that in June, the social standard of the Pentecostal in the 21st uh, century 
is considered above that of a rank and file when the movement first burst. On the scene just over 100 years ago, perhaps this is due at least to some degree to the fact that many North American Pentecostals have declared at least some of the biblical wisdom regarding financial management, diligent effort and responsibility supported of God's work. Again, however, we must not forget the most of the world Pentecostal life and society that like the capability, the free market force that has produced the kind of prosperity seen in North America. Regardless of the location, we must keep in mind the Bible warns against materialistic lifestyle. This is no biblical, there is no biblical support of the so-called prosperity gospel. God warns us about, amen, the material things in this world and, and what the material thing can do. They can, amen, cause you to lose your soul. And this, amen, the gospel that they preach, amen, God warns us about this, amen, this material, praise the prosperity gospel. Paul said, above all, I wish that your soul prosper. That there are biblical principles a person can practice that will graduate financial abundance in his life. Although many verses can be taken from the, this content and used in such a way that may seem convenient, the more commonly experienced of the people of faith during the biblical era in both Testament was an experience of suffering. For example, Hebrew 11 chapter, it is true that some people of faith were people of material wealth. But this did not spare them from the suffering association with living among fallen people in a fallen world. It doesn't make any difference, amen. We're living in a fallen world, and, and Jesus says, amen, if you suffer with me, he says, you should also reign with me. We must keep in mind the biblical warning against materialistic life. Don't be so materialistic today, amen. All of our, everybody wants things nice, but all this materialistic thing going to fall. It's going to crumble. But if you're so right with Jesus, I would say if you're so right with Jesus, you don't have to worry about, amen, these materialistic things. Because the Lord said, I go away to prepare a place for you. And where I am there, you may be also. In my father's house, there are many mentioned. If it was not so, I wouldn't have told you. Jesus is coming back. Amen. And he took out of this world 2018 as many as should be. Oh, but he's letting us roll on a little bit more. 
Beloved, I'm closing out of this. Make sure your life is right with Jesus. This is Dr. Moore saying God bless you. It's a blessing to be with you one more time uh, on the first week of this year, and we're going to keep lifting one another up in Jesus' name. That was beautiful coming from Dr. Moore tonight, ladies and gentlemen. That was the first show of the brand new year. We say we love you. We love you. Good night, and God bless everybody. Bye-bye. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.